Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Graham, and welcome to SkewCast, the podcast that explores the who, what, why, and how of the promotional products industry. SkewCast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SkewCast is the official podcast of Common Skew. If you like what you hear, make sure to keep in touch by subscribing to the show on iTunes or at our blog, community.commonskew.com. And with that, let's get to it. On today's episode, I get the chance to speak to a close friend and longtime collaborator, Danny Rosen. Danny is the president of Brand Fuel in Raleigh, North Carolina the founder of Band Together, and a chef with Promo Kitchen to highlight a few of his many responsibilities. Today, we are going to talk to Danny about his bid for the PPAI Board of Directors. Voting commences at the end of August, and before that gets underway, I wanted to explore the reasons for his running for the board, what he stands for, and what's broken that needs his fixing. In the spirit of full disclosure, I have already openly endorsed Danny for the board of directors, but this episode is not about soft lobs and easy setups. I told Danny that I would challenge him and ask him about what he really stands for. It's my hope that this discussion will reveal what it means to run for the board and the impact that volunteering for the association can have on our industry. And with that, let's get started. Welcome to the SkewCast, Mr. Rosen. Great to have you here. Yeah, Mark, thanks for having me. I also appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence and, and, the, and the vote, uh, which takes place August 29th through September 19th. There you go. Well, at least you have one vote for Danny Rosen. Um, hopefully there'll Thank be you. more. <laughs> why don't we jump right into it? I, uh, I'm curious, Danny, if you can share with us as to why you're running for the board. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think um, it's something that we should all be thinking about when we're, when we're talking about serving an organization that, uh, where you don't get paid, so to speak. Ultimately, for me, it's about servitude. Um, you know, I love my work at Brand Fuel. I, I adore it. Doing it for, you know, a couple decades now. I've been in the industry for uh, 26 years. And, you know, at Brand Fuel, we sell a lot of cool things with logos and designs, and we help companies grow, and we have some fun with their brands. Um, and after 26 years of doing that, uh, I think complemented by the volunteer work that, I, that I've been doing in the nonprofit sector, I feel pretty confident that I can offer that collective experience uh, to the greater industry um, during what appears to me and I think to a lot of us to be a fairly volatile time. You know, I'm anxious, I think, as part of this is that I am reading like you all are uh, about mergers and acquisitions all the time. You know, I have my little night tremors about Amazon diluting, you know, our 20-year-old company that I built with my partner, Robert Fivash. Um, and I'm watching as these new business models are emerging in our space and I just, you know, I don't want to sit on the sidelines and watch. And I have the sense that other businesses in our space have those same sort of anxious feelings. Um, uh, there's a quote by a guy by the name of Wallace Stegner. He says, uh, there's a sense that we are all each other's consequences. Hmm. And, and I love that because it really relates to this um, and sort of the why I want to do this. Um, I want to be invested at the highest level of helping the association adapt and offer even greater resources to the membership. Um, I think to help the members be as successful as they can in the marketplace. I think right. that's the reason why. Right. I'm curious, who was the first person you called when you decided to run for the board, and what did they say? Mm. 
Yeah, in all fairness, I made two calls. Um, one was to my wife, Nicole, and uh, the other one was to my work wife and business partner, Robert Fivesh. Um, uh, you know, they were, as I would have imagined and hoped, incredibly supportive. Uh, but I think if I was to get really honest with you and, and anybody listening, I, I think deep down, I think they both want to know why I'm running. You know, why are you doing this, Danny? Are you, is it a desire to, um, is it a desire about ego or is it about pride? Yeah. Uh, so I've done a lot of, a lot of self-introspection around that question um, since I said I would run. And I guess what I've done is that during that introspective period, um, I look at my track record with nonprofit organizations that I've invested in. Like you mentioned Band Together. I'm president of Camp right now, the regional. I love that. Promo Kitchen, um, you know, I think just one of the most fantastic nonprofits in our space. Um, the Harvard 100 is a local organization here that I work with with Harvard grads. Um, PPEF, the Education Foundation through the industry. Uh, and another one that comes to mind that I, I'm really connected to and, and want to bring that relationship to PPAI is the American Marketing Association. And I think about why I'm invested in all of these organizations, and it's what I call selfish philanthropy. Um, and that sounds sort of funny, but I choose to give to organizations I love and believe in that I can help and help build. Um, I give time, treasure, and talent because it makes me feel better. Um, I think selfishly it helps me grow as a person. You know, I believe in many cases people can just gain more skills through volunteerism in the nonprofit sector than, than they can in their day job. Certainly these things will help me lead brand fuel better, probably be a better business partner to Robert, maybe a, a more loving husband to Nicole. But um, I think giving helps me connect to like-minded people, uh, like-hearted people in a way as well. You, Mark, I mean, I think we connect because we have a similar passion for doing good. Um, and yet, you know, I also realize that I can't be afforded these opportunities without the, uh, the support of people like Nicole and Robert. Um, right. they, they cover the slack like in any healthy partnership. And the truth is I, I do and will continue to do the same for them. Um, partnerships are hard. Nicole and I are going on 15 years together. Robert and I have known each other for 30 plus years. We've been in this brand fuel um, seat together uh, for almost 20 years. And, um, and those guys are not afraid to tell me I have flaws, and they try to guide me to being a better person. Um, and, I, and I know they do it out of respect and love, uh, although truthfully, man, it hurts a lot of times. It's really challenging to hear that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I guess in the end, uh, you know, those, those people that I called I'm closest to, I'm grateful I have them both in my life, uh, and I'm hopeful I can make them proud if I earn a spot on the board. You know, I'm curious, you, you, you said flaws. Would you be comfortable sharing some of the flaws that they have shared with you about yourself? Yeah, you know, I think the question about um, pride versus ego, um, I think, you know, I come across as someone who's got a narcissistic side. You know, I'm, I'm a bit driven by ego, and, uh, but, I, but I know I think they agree, and I know in my heart that I do these, these things. I invest in running businesses and organizations um, for the right reasons. Uh, but I, I like grabbing a microphone from time to time. Um, I, like to be, I like to be the life of the party, and I think that comes across wrong sometimes, uh, pretentious. Uh, I think it, it, there are things that I just need to be aware of. Um, I need to be a better listener, um, certainly at home. Um, I need to shut up and listen more. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, um, you know, I just personally, I think 
I, I'm looking at myself and I realize that I'm one of those people who gets fairly easily distracted. Um, where I'm not distracted is when I'm um, really committed to something I love and I'm passionate about, whether that's family or brand fuel growth, my partnership with Robert, my relationship with Nicole. And I think this PPI board thing is something I'm going to be really, really excited about. I'm going to be sitting around the room if I'm able to get the opportunity to be there with some of the brightest minds in our industry, and that's going to really excite me. So I'm hoping that the easily distracted issue it will dissipate uh, a bit there too. Right, right. Well, thanks for being honest with that, too. So, Danny, you've been described as someone who balances a healthy respect for tradition, but at the same time, you also have a healthy skepticism for tradition. Is there a way you can unpack this and how you might be able to bring this sort of dichotomous relationship with tradition to the PPAI board? That's a that's an interesting question. I, I uh, you know, looking back 26 years ago, starting in the industry, um, you know, this is when we were taking messages for our staff on those pink while you were out pads, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, this is really dating me, but we used to use microfiche, microfiche to search products, right? Um, it took, uh, you know, three to four weeks for delivery after an order was placed. You know, thank goodness those things have changed and we've adapted. Um, on the other hand, a lot of decoration techniques remain the same. The supply chain really hasn't evolved. You know, neither are pricing codes, the trade shows, um, compensation packets, packages these days are still the same. I mean, a lot of companies still have the same go-to-market strategies. You know, when I think about the traditional versus sort of this innovative mindset um, and, and the, I don't know, the, how they work together or, um, or apart, I look at that presentation that you and I, I gave uh, at PPAI um, on how to compete in an Amazon world. Yep. And you and I talked about, you know, remember all the, the boogeyman out there, and we put a little bit of fear in our audience's minds. Um, and maybe that stuff isn't so bad, but I, I think there's a lot of fear about, you know, Amazon. And, and, you know, I think we've talked a lot about, you know, what happens when you go to work on Monday and the, and the industry's biggest supplier is calling on your clients. Yep. Um, and Robert and I call that, you know, big supplier Monday, uh, you know, and we need to have a response for that, even though I'm, I'm not sure that will happen anytime soon really, if ever. Right. Um, but I think uh, maybe we should be better prepared for Amazon Tuesday and 3D Imprint Technology Wednesday, Alibaba Thursday, 4 Imprint Friday. You know, how about... Um, how about Brand ASI? Fuel Saturday? Oh, Comscue Sunday. <laughs> um, I mean, how about ASI Infomercial at midnight on, on Tuesday? I mean, there's a lot of threats. You know, but in that presentation we gave, you know, we shared these stories about how it really is possible to win clients over and not have to compete on price alone. Yeah. Um, but if that means embracing new technology. It means creating services around promotional products. It means creating new acquisition and retention strategies for clients and, and employees. Um, I love all the traditional aspects in our industry, but I, but I truly embrace the future. I, and I hope that is something that's a, a benefit to the industry if I, if I get a chance to sit in the boardroom. Well, and I know that in all the times that I've sat with you um, around the Promo Kitchen board, 
you know, you, you've got such a unique leadership style. And then I find on one hand, you're, you're the room's biggest cheerleader, but you're the room's biggest skeptic as well. So in a way, you're able to push back, you're able to challenge, you're able to question, um, and you're able to, I think, unpack and undress some of these traditional things that we have tried to do with that organization. But at the same time, you're also the first person to get up there on the podium and to, and to cheerlead. Um, I think it's very, very uh, unusual um, skill set in terms of being able to do both. And I've always loved that about you because um, you're not someone who is just going to blindly say, hey, that's great, but you're going to step back and you're going to say, you know what, this is where we screwed up. And this is where yeah. we're not serving our audience correctly, even though we may think we are. So let, let's, let's um, you know, focus on the reality. So I, I think that you'll take that to the PPAI board if, if of course, you're elected. And I think the industry will be, will be well served by that. Someone who um, who is not afraid to ask the tough questions and to mobilize the troops accordingly. So let's get into your platform. Can you tell me a little bit about what you stand for? Like, what are the two or three things that if I were to say, hey, Danny Rosen, what does a vote in Danny Rosen get me? What do you say to me? Mm. Um, you know, I'm not much of a politician, as you know, Mark, for everybody else. I, you know, I, I speak my heart and my mind. Um, sometimes that's not a good thing. Oftentimes that allows me to be passionate about, uh, you know, sort of what's what's coming out of my, my brain. But um, you know, that said, I am a progressive. Uh, I'm an advocate for change. Uh, I, you know, I want the association to continue to keep its eyes wide open, you know, to try some new things, open some new doors. You know, I think what Paul Valentone and the association staff are doing, and um, you know, they're just a group of amazing people doing great work. Uh, it's, they've really been shifting with the times as much as they can. And ultimately, I want to support and continue to support their good work. Um, but that said, here's the basis of the platform. And I think uh, PPAI is a vibrant collective, uh, and there's strengths in our differences. Uh, we must you know, incubate ideas and nurture enterprise. And ultimately, we have to uplift rather than deconstruct. And um, that said, I, as you know, and I hope others find out, collaboration is our future. And so I have put together six points around that um, for PPAI. And, and the platform, and the first one is a focus on succession planning. You know, our workforce is aging; buyers are not. Uh, we've got to connect market strategies to younger to younger buyers, and we also have to invigorate our veterans. Um, and I think a lot of people are forgetting about our veterans pretty quickly. Um, but I think we also have to figure out a way to to nurture our recruits as well, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, speaking of second, number two is uh, we've got to protect our foundation. We need to continue to invest in research and the lobbying efforts, education, product safety, and I'm really excited about the uh, Get in Touch uh, marketing campaign, which is going to be, I think, really open some big doors uh, beyond where, where doors have been opened um, in the marketplace. Um, third, I think we have to consider progressive learning. I think we need to be teaching sales and marketing techniques um, at Expo and some of these other places uh, where there's learning webinars, um, and I, I think that those are the things that will respond to the undeniably advancing buyer mindset. Uh, fourth, you know, what is the new technology for tomorrow? Everybody talks about how PPAI has got to have a focus on technology. I agree as well. I mean, is it interactive trade shows, streamlined systems integration? You know, I hope I think they're all talking about this right now in the tech summit. I'm I'm really excited about uh, the investments there. Um, fifth. You know, we have to create a, a strong collegiate conduit. Um, 
that means creating a promotional products curriculum at the college level, possibly adding promotional products as a as a conversation piece around the classroom um, when we're in marketing and sales classes. Uh, we need to recruit from these same colleges and eventually establish a robust internship program for our members. That's a great succession plan. Um, and last, you know me, I am all about building bridges and partnerships. So why not partner with the American Marketing Association? You know, why not connect with the American Institute of Graphic Arts? Um, these are marketers and designers that need to understand our language and we need to understand theirs. Um, we should be doing the same with uh, developers and technologists. And ultimately that's it. Well, that's great. That's six really powerful things that uh, I think really cover the gamut. I mean, I like the fact that you're talking about like new technology, you're talking about recruiting new people, you're talking about all these new and progressive things, but at the same time, you're also celebrating tradition and focusing on that strong foundation and not necessarily suggesting change for, for the sake of suggesting change, which I think you get with some politicians or board members that are just simply speaking about new, new, new without a respect for the foundation and the structure that we have as an industry. So um, very well balanced. There you go. I'm curious, we, we were talking before about how voter turnout is really weak in our industry. I think that the, the number is something like 13 or 14,000 members and that the, the stat is something like four or five percent of them turn out to go and vote for the board of directors. Um, why, is, why is voter turnout so weak? And what can we do about that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of conversation around um, why can't everyone in the industry vote? And I think that most are not aware that uh, each company, each member gets one vote, and that's uh, part of the bylaws and the policies and procedures that PPAI has set up for their organization. So, you know, a lot of times those are the people who are too busy to vote, which is really a shame. Um, I also don't think that they realize that uh, there's been a shift. The, the board used to be much bigger and now it's much smaller. There's only one distributor and one supplier that, that moves on to the board now. Uh, and, and so that means that, you know, those people need to really have the interests of the membership, not just their companies at heart. And so um, I think there's a, a bit of apathy and, and I'll, ignorance in the right word, but I just don't think they're educated enough. Um, I think PPAI does a good job of marketing uh, the, the channels to vote, but I also know that uh, I know what my inbox looks like uh, with regards to information from PPAI, and it's pretty full on a daily basis. Uh, I don't think everybody reads everything, uh, and I don't read everything, but I read most of it. I, I think it gets lost in the shuffle um, when you're talking about business leaders. Um, so I think some of this is, uh, is is part apathy, part you know just more education. Part of it may be a different way to market, uh, but ultimately we've got to get out to the membership, the why, why it's important for board members to have the vested interest of the membership at heart. What are the issues and, and, what, and where do they stand? Um, and I think when uh, members are thinking about the future of the industry, um, I think the why is, is probably a pretty critical thing. When you talk about a four-year commitment, this person or these two people every year um, need to be the kind of people that have vision, um, have some experience, and again, are thinking about the grander um, membership versus just their own situation. 
I was just thinking as you're responding there that it does amaze me that the turnout is that low. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to get 100% um, because some people just don't get their emails or they're not engaged at all. But I feel like if we're truly going to have an engaged membership and an engaged association with people who are really in tune with the issues, then I think it would certainly do the industry a great service to have more people come out and vote. Yeah, one more thing on that. I mean, so they BBAI has been smart enough to um, to try new strategies and things like that, but they have also looked at um, what I'll call benchmarking. They're looking at other membership organizations like PPAI out there in the marketplace, um, not in the promotional product space, but um, same size and, and setup, and they're looking at what their voter turnouts are in, the, in these situations, and they're one and the same. PPAI actually edges them out a little bit and does just a tiny bit better, but uh, I still believe and agree with you that we can do better uh, with regards to turnout. Danny, what are the three biggest threats we face as an industry? Short, short answer. It's funny. I was listening to Paul Bellantone answer this very question uh, yesterday uh, on a Jeff Solomon uh, video. He, he said uh, globalization, um, emerging technologies, and the changing demographics. Right. Uh, those are the three things. And what role does PPAI, in your view, play in fixing or addressing these issues? Yeah, fix, fixing is a good word. I, I'm not sure I would call PPAI the fixer, um, although I think a lot of membership feels as if they should be fixing things. Yep. Um, and so I think maybe the perspective might be that I see PPAI as the deliverer of research and data to help members make informed decisions. Yeah. You know, PPAI will use its resources for continuing education based on, on the shifts in the marketplace. So when you go to Expo um, and to a, a education session, you're going to uh, be trained on things that are happening in the marketplace. Um, and I think that's really a positive thing. Uh, you know, PPAI should continue to make alliances with overseas partners. And I know that's sort of like, what do you mean by that, Danny? I think that's so that we can have further reach and deeper access Right. Uh, as a membership group, um, right. and I, you know, events like Expo and NALC, they should continue to be designed around bringing the industry together to learn and to collaborate. Yep. Uh, anytime, you and I, I mean, I think t even five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, who would have thought that you and I would have ever had a conversation, a distributor and a distributor, having a conversation, sharing best practices, becoming friends, standing on a stage in Vegas together giving a presentation. Um, I, you know, I am I am better because of you. I am better because of Promo Kitchen. I am better because of PPAI and the opportunities that I get afforded to meet people in the industry who are my peers. Yeah. Um, not, you know, yeah, we're competitors, but there's a lot of business to go around. I think PPAI has a role in bringing us together to, to learn from each other. Well, I'll give a quick shout out to Craig Morantz, our mutual friend, who is the one who actually connected us, what, seven, eight years ago or something. And so yeah. Craig, Craig, of course, uh, formerly with Leeds and uh, has moved on outside the industry and has uh, been incredibly successful with a, with a tech startup. But uh, for those people who are listening that know Craig, uh, that, that's a little known fact. The reason for Danny and Rosen or Danny Rosen and, our, and my friendship is because of Craig. So there you go. Just my two cents on that question about PPAI's role in fixing, quote unquote, these issues. I, I'm glad that you clarified that because I also agree with you that it's not PPAI's job to, quote unquote, fix these issues. 
I think it is really their job to create this dynamic environment where people are educated and, um, and, and made aware of the issues and then they can go out and they can make their own decisions. So one of the things that I've always felt is that it's really up to the members and the, organi and, and the organizations that are part of the association to fix these issues, in my opinion. So I'll give you an example. When, when Brand Fuel is doing um, inspiring and crazy client events where you're educating your customers on the power of promotional products, that's the kind of stuff that is sending the right message to the end customer about the power of our medium. And that's the kind of thing that... Um, that 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 makes this industry so successful, and I think will continue to, is when the individual members are doing fascinating things in their businesses, and they're telling great stories to the end customer, and that's where things start to really pick up momentum and speed. Um, I think I think you could also say the same thing for the government, whether you're regardless of what country you're from. You think about the U.S. government or the Canadian government, where I'm in. Um, I'm not so sure it's the government's job to necessarily fix all of your troubles. Now, this is not a political discussion by any stretch. I think that there's no question there's a, a common relationship between government and and uh, and the population. But at the end of the day, I think that um, members need to take responsibility for things. And um, and, I, and I see that as no different in PPAI as, as well as the members. Yeah, love the analogy. It's great. Um, what challenge, Danny, do you have for every member of the industry today? Other than vote for me? <laughs> yes. Thank you for the chuckle. I don't know. I'm not like everybody. Um, we're all different. But I'm, I'm just thinking about my experience. And I, I think most people can gain from what I've learned in my experience with, with PPAI. Um, I would just say get invested. And, and what I mean by that is get outside of your working silo Go volunteer with PPAI. Get to know your association better. Um, talk to Paul Bellinzone. Talk to the staff. Get to know other volunteer leaders. See how you can use your skills to help this great industry. You know, meet your peers. Uh, learn from them. Hell, teach them. You know, get, getting invested is going to help you personally, but also your business get in shape for all of these daunting and exciting opportunities that are that are coming at us. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great challenge. I'm going to ask you one, one wrap-up um, question where I know Danny, uh, uh, Paul Bellantone often talks about this story where you and Robert called him up several years ago and introduced yourself and said that you were a distributor and on the East Coast and that you had not been uh, engaged with PPAI to really any great extent up until that point. Um, and you've been a lot more involved in the ASI association, you still are, but PPAI was kind of new territory for you. Um, do you want to, first of all, talk about that conversation you had with Paul? And number two, I'm curious if you can tell me how it is that the involvement in PPAI from that phone call, whenever that was, to today, what kind of impact that has had on your business and your leadership style as an entrepreneur? The story goes, and it's it's a true one. Um, Robert and I were thinking about coming out to Expo. I don't know, eight, seven, eight years ago, and um, we had never been members of PPAI. Brain Fuel is an ASI devoted shop. Still love them and still involved with them. But 
um, we thought, why are we not involved in sort of the nonprofit arm of our industry? Let's just spend some money and some time. Let's go out to Expo and, uh, and let's find out why. And uh, it was more of a fact-finding mission um, because it wasn't about the money because uh, it isn't that expensive for membership and there's good returns there. But it's really just like we had been in business for you know 12, 14 years or so and didn't get it. So we um, we contacted PPAI and we said uh, we'd like to call a meeting with the CEO uh, and the board. <laughs> this is crazy. Now I think about it. Who are you guys? Tell us. <laughs> yeah, like, and, uh, and we like we're coming out. and We want to find out, uh, you know, why we're not members and and what's going on and why we should get invested. We're we're deeply invested in ASI. You know, we're an up and coming business, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we got to this dark room with a lot of mahogany in it. And uh, Paul Bellantone, who wasn't the CEO at the time, I think he was leading the board, and uh, there were four or five others in the room. Uh, he just he kind of looked at us with this this open-eyed glare. He was sort of like. Who are you guys? <laughs> yeah, class, classic Paul Bellantone um, look, right? <laughs> yeah, and and after it was all over, I think he understood. He's, and I think what he'll tell you is these are a couple of guys who care, who love the industry, uh, who are looking uh, for reasons to get involved uh, in PPAI, and that he will tell you frankly that he wasn't, you know, his PPAI wasn't servicing us, wasn't re doing outreach or offering us enough value. Um, from that moment on, I think he made it his mission to get us a little more involved, and I'm so glad he became CEO. He's doing a fantastic job, um, loved by so many. But one of the reasons why people love him is that because uh, you know he he has now created the sort of town hall meetings where he can listen to the membership. Uh, he did a um, I think a couple of years ago. He and Mark Jenkins went on a road trip around the country to talk to uh, prospective. Uh, members and existing members to find out what membership's up to. What are their challenges? Uh, I remember playing cornhole with them in the afternoon and going seeing a live concert with them in the evening. It was great. Um, he had me out to Texas uh, and even said, "Look, I'll put you up in a hotel, but you've got to pay your way if you want to be invested in this opportunity um, to do something called distributor dialogues." Catherine was there. Your wife, that's where I met her, um, and several other great people. Uh, but he is uh, his open, openness and transparency welcomed us into the industry. And so I look back with fondness and, and, and gratefulness that uh, he personally got us involved and has kept us involved. Right. Um, as far as you know, what I've gotten out of this and what, what Brand Fuel is getting out of it, um, and in terms of how, and I would say Robert would echo this, our leadership styles have, have changed. Um, Robert is now the president of Promo Kitchen. I think he gives back uh, because he realizes that his, at this juncture in his career, like myself, uh, it's important. We've been given a lot, and we've been given a lot of um, connection through PPAI and opportunities at Expo and learning uh, to be better business people. Um, so we are avid learners and listeners. Uh, I think our company is more connected to the industry in ways that we uh, sort of push our teams to go to Expo, to do education, to get on webinars. I think a lot of businesses are closed-minded that way as they're afraid that there's going to be some sales poaching and things like that. Um, but I think those investments uh, in uh, that education track and getting our people to come out to the shows and things like that are paying strong dividends for us. They're benefits for our people, no different than health benefits. Um, and I think that's important. Right. And I could talk on it, but I think those are some good points. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Danny. This was uh, this absolutely flew by. Really appreciate you you talking about everything from the flaws that you have as uh, as as a business leader to the 
various things that you feel very strongly about and I think that you'll make an incredibly strong candidate and as I said from the beginning I certainly hope that uh, you're able to uh, to join the board because uh, you, you you come you come to the position with a lot of experience as well as some really progressive ideas so thank you so much for taking the time to do this yeah thanks a lot Mark Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SkewCast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SkewCast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.